0: This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. God is awesome in how He he teaches us. I thought um, a little bit ago about an encounter I had with God um, in the training center years ago in worship, and I heard... I heard in the spirit, I didn't literally physically hear, but it was so um, loud in my heart that it actually struck me. You know, when you think you hear something and you open your eyes, like to see if anybody else moved, did anybody else hear that loud noise? And the loud noise that I heard was like, um, I don't know if you've ever been at a train yard where train cars are beginning to couple. And the couplings come together and link and it makes a very loud sound as they become one. And in that encounter all those years ago, I felt like God spoke to my heart about us as the body learning his flow and learning that we really aren't separate cars and his aspects of movement aren't different cars, though to us they feel like it. And though even in our training we learn different topics, different courses, different um, understandings. But that his intention is that they would all work completely seamlessly together and go down the track together. So I I think in the earth we're in another phase like that where even our understanding within the church experience is flow. I, I listened to different songs that Alex had chosen tonight, and um, the way that they were hitting my heart with respect to what I want to talk about tonight. Um, I I want to title this "What's Happening?" question mark. Um, and I actually want to talk about the prophetic because we've for the past two weeks had two prophets sitting on the platform, just really releasing their hearts to us and sharing. Um, sharing insight and you know what i i think what i always encourage you all is even if you don't like understand with your brain what's being said or what's happening take the seed let the seed begin to couple the cars for you inside Um, so now tonight i kind of want to go to a very practical side of um, the prophetic because I titled it with a question because I think there are questions that we could and also should be asking right now in the earth as the embodiment of Christ. Do you understand we're not just a church family. We're the embodiment of Jesus Christ in the earth. We're the housing, we're the containers of the anointed one and his anointing if you want to really get simplistically profound. Um, so here's a few other questions. Oh, wow. I put this type big enough that it's almost like I don't need my glasses. (laughs) Wasn't that wise. So here's some questions. Remember whenever, you know, any of us bring anything, no condemnation. It's, you know, sometimes we don't know if we don't know. And if I get some insight and I share it with you, or you get some insight and you share it with me, isn't that the way it should be, right? We share our hearts. We share the relationship we have with God. That's what makes our relationship with each other. So here's some more questions. The title of this is, What's Happening? So if we really want to go into, okay, let's talk about the prophetic, here's some questions. What is going on? You know, we can look at what we're experiencing and think we know what's going on. But there are two realms. There are two worlds. There is darkness and light. There is the material realm and there is the spirit world. And they both have impact on our experiences on planet earth. Here's another question. What is God actually wanting to happen? These are simple questions. Kids do it all the time. Little kids will be, what's that mom? You tell them what it is. Why? Why does it look like that? Why does it work like that? Why don't they do it like this? Why don't we go there? Why do they go there? Why can they go to that house and I can't go to that house? You know, questions are really healthy. So what is God actually wanting to happen? What would he do or say in this current situation? You understand, if God were standing here, and actually he is, in us, what would he do and say? And how might he use me or you to do and say it? Because we're going to look at the prophetic, okay? We're going to look at, I personally think we make it way too complicated. I'm not talking about the ladies that were just up here on the platform. I'm talking about in general, in the body of Christ. I think that sometimes the feeling, the, the average ones of us could feel that we're very different And yet every human being, and I'm not even specifying every human being that's born again living in the body of Christ. Every human being, don't freak out, okay? Don't hear what I'm not saying. Every human being is prophetic. What's happening on planet earth has been spoken out, seeded, and is happening on planet earth. A lot of what we see, God did not seed it. Man seeded it. Okay, so are you with me? Okay, so here's my simplified, and I always stand open to correction, and especially with the two ladies that were just up here the past two weeks, they can speak to me, hopefully not while we're live on YouTube, but in the office when we see each other. Um, But here's a simplified definition. The prophetic is the release and speaking forth of the will or word of God. Okay, do this. However, whatever we speak forth is going to have influence on this realm. Right. You with me? So we, we complicate it too much. There is the office of prophet, which I just shared with you. We saw that and you'll see it increasingly as in the body of Christ, we quit putting everything on a pedestal that no one can attain to and we start recognizing the gifts in one another. Okay, there's a pastor that stands at this keyboard every time we have a service and shepherds us in worship. Okay, sometimes I think in the church, oh man, I can just feel like, oh, should I even say this? But I think sometimes we're like, if there's not an ordination paper on a wall, we think God hasn't ordained somebody. But we need to understand that God's actually ordained every human being with a specific purpose. And we've made it so hierarchical that we actually preclude, quench our own abilities to function in what God wants. I'm not trying to diminish respect or anything. I actually am endeavoring to heighten respect. Because we need to quit being so common with one another, so familiar with one another, that we can't receive the gift of God in each other. You all with me? And I think if we open our eyes tonight, tonight there's a major... Um, wake up kind of call to all of us to understand what we're supposed to be doing with our interior, with our language, with our privilege of communication. God made us communicable beings for a reason. He built us to be filled, but he built us to just be filled with him. So his intention, now he knew ahead of time, that there'd be a blip on the screen and there'd be another given the right to bring a filling because we're the dominion figures. We can say yes or no to whoever wants to influence us. It's quite apparent on social media. And I'm not saying that disrespectfully because there's a lot of good influence out there. Okay, you with me? Let's keep going. Um. Do I want to go there? I didn't bring my other Bible. I love the Passion Translation, but I don't have the whole... It doesn't have the Old Testament. Mine doesn't anyways. Okay, so when we look at prayer and worship, which this module is worship and prayer, okay? But anything that we do, anything that we do, has backing it a prophetic nature. God's intention is that we would speak forth... Totally speak forth his desires, that we would be one with him, that our couplings of our train cars would have connected in such a way that there'd be a seamless expression from his heart through to planet Earth. Are you all with me? This is really important because we need to understand that we're using our language every day. And yet I think some of us in the church world, we've put prophecy in this place where, well, if I'm getting a word for somebody, then I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to let the anointing come on me and I'm going to give this word. But then over here, we might be talking crazy. Maybe even about the person we gave the word to. Maybe we might even think, God, why'd you give me such a great word to give such a creepy person? I'm kind of just throwing things out there because I think sometimes we don't realize our accountability. And really, accountability is attached attached to privilege. We are privileged to be made in the image of God. Does this seem harsh tonight? I really kind of want it to just be like, when I look at things like this, I'm thinking, Jesus, help me to know how to speak daily. Help me to know what not to say. Isaiah 55, um, 8 to 11 was the passage I was going to go to, but I'll kind of paraphrase for you because it's it's the passage where God is speaking to the prophet and he says, um, My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways. Because his thoughts and his ways, he says, are higher. Now, we sometimes think geographic, like, you know, we're on the earth down here, and his ways are up in the heavenlies up there. The heavenlies aren't up there. The natural heavenlies go out, and we go to outer space. But the heavenly realm, we're like walking around in the heavenly realm as well as the earthly realm right now. Do we understand that the aspects, many aspects of the heavenly realm, they live inside of us. Jesus said to people of his day, the kingdom is in you. The domain of God is in you. You see, some of these truths from scripture, I think if we would sit and just ponder them with God and say, father, open my understanding up to really quit either familiarizing, like getting too familiar with truth or putting it to a place where, you know, honestly, that's for the people who go deep. We were born deep, guys. We were born deep. I think some of our little phrases have got to go where, well, I don't want to go deep. I just want to enjoy life. If we realize we're born deep, we were born deep out of the purpose of God. We were created in his image to do what he does. He looked into darkness and spoke forth what his intention was. His intention was restorative language because he had created, at the beginning he had created everything perfect. And then like that, I can't go into it tonight, but between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, there's way more than 15 minutes. (laughs) An entire catastrophic event was changed because the languaging in the original language, between those two verses, the language is different. There is creative from nothing, language that starts it, and then there's restorative language. And so then God creates, and then he, he recreates. He releases illumination once more. He says, let there be light. The first let there be light was not like, okay, turn on the lights. It was the release of himself. Let there now be illumination in the material realm once again. And so then in Genesis, he goes forward and he begins to create, recreate, restore, and then puts a being in his own image there to guard the progressive restoration, the prophetic restoration, filling man with the spirit of life filling man's words, having encounters with man daily. You see, God dwelt with Adam in the cool of the day, in the ruah, in the spirit of the day. He dwelt with Adam in the spirit. Adam wasn't living on earth and saying, oh, well, God's up there and I'm down here. Because his insight had not yet been darkened. Do you realize that after the fall, it took more than 900 years for Adam to die? Now, I realize some people would say to me and have said to me, well, you know, the years were different back then. Pleased. Now you're going deeper than I want to go. It says 900 years. I'm I'm kind of a literalist sometimes. If God says it, God said it. The point is, Adam had so much life in him that even when he fell, there was still life. But he was now being trained by two forces. He wasn't just being filled with the illumination of God. He was being filled with another influence that caused him to speak over his life and over what he was in charge of differently. Y'all with me? So now back to us. In Genesis 1, 28, God said, be fruitful and multiply." Right at the beginning of that verse, it says, He blessed them and said, Take a deep breath. Because God released something that caused all of mankind and everything we say to reproduce. He blessed them, He empowered them to prosper, which means He empowered them to increase in what commission He had given them, which was be fruitful and multiply. So now there's a mantle on mankind that everything you touch, you got the golden touch. It's going to get bigger and expand further and multiply. How crazy is this? Do you understand the privilege to be a human? And then a privilege to know God and have the Holy Spirit teach and train. Guys, he's teaching and training tonight. He's teaching and training because he does not want you ignorant of the power of your own language. And whatever is going on inside of you is building your language. If you've got creepy stuff coming at you all the time and you accept it and then you talk about it inside, it's going to come out of your mouth in some form. You know, we might clean it up a little bit so it doesn't look so perverse, but it's going to come out. And it's going to influence. We say, oh, I, I don't influence anybody. Oh, yes, you do. The first person you influence is yourself. It's very important to understand how we influence ourselves, how we use the gifts that are ours. So, so here we have, the, be fruitful and multiply. Subdue the earth and have dominion. Doesn't say take dominion. If he had kept on having dominion, we wouldn't have to take it back. Not mad at Adam. It was human inclination and a very powerful force if we operate in the flesh. The devil. He's not powerful if we stay in the spirit and we take the truth of what God's given us. But when we get into some of our frailties, then he's more powerful. So, be fruitful and multiply. Subdue. Subdue and have dominion. Do you know the first part of the earth that you're supposed to subdue? <laughs> this is the earth. When we sing that song, All the Earth, I always touch myself here. I'm like, let this earth praise him. And see, praise in a song, the beginning of me praising him, is subduing and having dominion within this existence. That I would subdue my soul and the things that harm it, hurt it. You see, we think things come and hurt our spirit. When you're born of God, I mean like there isn't a back door to your spirit. It's our soul that gets messed up. And then sometimes it gets empowered by wrong thinking and thinks it's bigger than our spirit. And then we get out of order and our soul tries to cover our spirit with knowledge. You can do it with the Bible. Adam did it. He took what God had said to him and tried to use it on his own. Didn't work, did it? Y'all still with me? Okay, so we're talking about the prophetic. Okay, and I just alluded to Isaiah 55 because if we will take his thoughts, okay, if we will take his words, there is something that happens when we couple with him. The greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world starts taking over. So we've got all our little Christian phrases from scripture. But do we really believe them to the point where we allow them... Say no condemnation. Okay, I'm going to say it. No condemnation. Do we believe it to the point where what we've learned along the way, really, we let God couple it up. Train cars hooked together. Because I'm going to bring your attention. We're in the fifth class of this 12-month period. At the start of this year, some of us stood... Committed together and agreed on what the thrust of this year was going to be, which is I'm going to commit my life to this 12 months of study and learning and growth, say no condemnation. In so, and I won't even recognize myself at the end of it because of the growth. Not because of the teachers that stand on this platform, but because of the power of this word, the power of God's heart continually speaking over us. Do you understand the rhema word? Just think about this. This is crazy and it like just shot into me now. The rhema word coming to us to bring faith is actually God prophesying his will into us. I would say that God prophesies in faith. You think? So if I sit there and say, wow, I'm getting rhema right now, I can actually take that to the bank and cash it. You see, doubts melt under the fiery word of truth. But if we blow the match out, what can burn? So with the prophetic aspect in the body of Christ, I believe we have those thoughts. And I alluded to it a little bit. We have those thoughts where, okay, right now I'm prophesying because I'm giving somebody a word. Or, or right now, here's my situation. It's creepy as, you know, honestly, you could say creepy as hell. Because that's what, I mean, hellish things are what come into our life. So it's a hellish situation. It's creepy. And so I'm going to pray and prophesy over it right now. And so we get really spiritual, say no condemnation, I'm saying no condemnation, but we do these kind of things. It's it's an aspect of human frailty and it's an aspect sometimes where we don't allow the train cars to stay coupled together in a flow. So we're speaking to it and we're thinking, well, right now is when I'm speaking my faith and I'm speaking to my situation and I'm, I'm going to town prophesying the truth, what God really wants, his word over my situation. And then I go away, and you know, I don't feel so in it now, a day later, maybe, and I see that situation, and thoughts come, right? Thoughts come. Thoughts about the creepy. And then I think about what I've prayed and what I've confessed and what I've prophesied. You see, we do we need to understand positive confession over our situation is prophecy. It's speaking forth God's will or his word. Are you with me? Because it's really important that we grasp this, guys. It's really important that we get out of this church thing of putting everything up on a pedestal that only those who are trained, only those who are further along in the walk, only those who God has actually anointed to do this. He's anointed every one of us to speak truth. Every single one of us. None of us is without the capacity to speak truth. And no one can take that choice from us. We make the choice. But the hitch in it is. If we're not convinced. We get tempted. See sometimes we don't think we're being tempted. But remember the situation we prophesied over. And now we're two days later. And we're thinking it's so creepy. And I know what I prayed. But nothing's changing. And. I don't know what to do about it. And, and so this conversation builds inside of our head and we think I've done this before. We think I can't take this anymore. I, I can't handle this anymore. And that kind of language is not coming from light. It's coming from darkness. And so the, the power and the strength and the force that's in those words is negative energy. And so it exhausts me. It distracts me. it, it, Brings angst, anxiety, frustration. It does all the diss stuff. It disappoints me. See, God has appointed us toward a good end. And He said, I'll fill your mouth. I hope nobody's feeling creepy right now, like, like I'm pointing the finger, because I mean, I've got some fingers pointing back here, but God is speaking to me about this aspect of the prophetic. And we recognize when we see somebody that we think is crazy anointed prophetically, and well, I just get them to speak over my situation. And yes, that can be powerful if they're led by the spirit to impart that way. However, any day of the week, you have a right to speak over your situation. You have a right to go to the word of God, to go into privacy with God and say, what do you actually want to happen here, father? What would you do or say in this situation? How might you use me, father, to touch this? Are you still with me? So we have these moments where we feel like we're supposed to be prophetic. We're supposed to prophesy. But I think what God would want to say to all of us tonight is he would want us to continually and always be speaking forth. I think that there, there is a way. I'm, I'm not there yet, but um, I know he's grabbing my attention that when a crazy thought comes to us about maybe what's going on in the pandemic, a crazy thought that might come to you regarding uh, we're in election week, there are so many situations that are crying out for the will of God. And don't make judgments right now about people groups or political parties. The whole earth, And this is what it says in the Bible. The whole earth is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. The huyas of God. The mature sons of God. And it's not talking about people who have been down the road for 45 years. People who would allow themselves to mature to realize, I need to keep this word in my mouth, in my mind, on my hands. In all the actions, because it's not just what we say, it's how we act out. Okay, and I say no condemnation because there are ways even that we'll use our bodies or use um, for recreation or whatever that I'm not putting everything in the this is naughty and dirty box. It's personal. God knows what is healthy for each one of us. Would you agree? He knows what we can handle. He knows what we can handle on TV. He knows what we can handle in friendships. He just knows because he is the prophetic impetus. He's the impetus that causes what's released from us to be powerful and uplift things. Anybody want to uplift life on planet Earth? I'm going to put both hands up because I I really, I want to be a part of. And you see, when we become a part with God of being the prophetic generation of the children of God, which should be all of us, then we actually are training mankind to handle life differently. You see, you don't have to go. I used to think when I was in the denomination I grew up in that you had to go out and you had to take people through Romans Road and get them to pray the sinner's prayer. Now I can show them how to live life. No, no. What's going to draw them to even want that life? I mean, I could be getting them just to obligatory action of praying a prayer so that they won't go to hell. And yet their heart doesn't really open. I just bring fear to them. So if we realize that how we live our life can begin to train the people groups we're a part of. Ooh, there's way silence on that one. see, we want to bash certain things that are happening on planet earth right now. We don't like prejudice. We don't like, whatever we don't like. God, how would you want to speak into that in my life? It doesn't mean that I will go out and have a placard. Now he says, let me write on your heart. I'm going to give you vision. Remember at the beginning of this, I said vision is not um, just having a plan that's purposeful and intentional. But it's actually having my eyes opened, my eyes open to see what's your intention with me, God? How do you want me to live life on planet Earth that it will influence and assist others you see, not just our mouth prophesies, our actions and expressions prophesy. I was thinking um, the other day about the power of the worship that's, that's just billowing in this house now. And, and how when we're in the room on a Wednesday night or in the room on a Sunday morning and... Our hearts are releasing and the songs of our words are releasing the goodness of Jesus, the goodness of Father God, the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're praising them for their attributes and their goodness and their faithfulness. And we're literally seeding the material world, the natural atmosphere. We're seeding it with God. God and his word are one. God and his goodness and his attributes coming out of our heart. And we really believe it. And we're lifting up the name of Jesus. This is not, that's not just a thing that happens in this room. Do you understand that these walls cannot hold back the praise, the true, legit, unfeigned praise of God? When we come in in agreement, the word of God says that one individual believing in God can put a thousand to flight. Speaking of darkness and the demonic. And two can put 10,000. Guys, that's not addition. I mean, that's like ridiculous multiplication and there's more than two people every week in this room so what is put to flight what and it's not like we stand there and cast demons out no it's like we just release our hearts and the atmosphere is like wind that just begins to clear the atmosphere and blow away the clouds if we can do that in a worship service together how can we do that in our personal life the same way choose the right language. See, it's much easier when we're all together to choose the right language, would you say? I mean, I probably wouldn't talk crazy if y'all would just hang with me and keep reminding me. (laughs) Kathy, you'd be talking crazy now. Kathy, I'm gonna blow you away with this one. I've heard so many Christians say, I just can't stand it when people curse. I just hate it when they curse. And yet they will literally, out of their mouth, with a negative confession, place a curse on maybe one of their own situations or a family member, or I mean, I've heard people say they will never get saved. And I'm sitting there thinking, you didn't meet my stepfather who accepted Jesus two weeks before his passing, who had told me years before that heaven and hell were a bunch of blank blank, and that I was entirely too intelligent to believe that blank blank and yet on his deathbed i'm worshiping singing in tongues over him holding his hand the nurses and doctors came into the room what is going on with his his oxygen levels and all this stuff they leave the room and he says to me i'll be waiting for you in heaven Come come on guys don't tell me this word prophesied into a life won't do now Obviously what I wanted, I wanted him healed, but he was in a terminal illness too far when I got to him and, and would sit in front of him sometimes and read him the word and tears would come and he would say, I can see that you're so persuaded, but I don't get it. And I didn't stop because I was desperate. I was like, there's no way I want him to exit this place without Jesus. There's no way that I can't give him what is here in this book. And I had only been baptized in the spirit maybe a year or so. So now I stand before you all these years later and I'm saying, what can we do guys if we will truly allow the prophetic impetus of God that rests on us What can we do in this nation? We are 30 miles from the seat of government of planet Earth. It's been said of the United States that if the United States sneezes, the whole world catches a cold. Do you understand what that means? If the United States speaks crud, what are we speaking, living faith? What are we speaking? So we need to learn to use our language and our actions the right way. Proverbs 14.12 in the Passion Translation. That, that verse is one that I heard a lot in the denomination I grew up in. There is a way that seems right to a man, but it is the way of death. This is how the Passion Translation says Proverbs 14.12. You can rationalize it all you want and justify the path of error you have chosen. But you'll find out in the end that you took the road of destruction. Help me, Jesus. Say no condemnation. You see, I I don't believe God intended this to be a message of condemnation tonight. I believe that it was, you know, like him coming to our resting bed and saying, Wake up, Kathy, wake up, wake up. Wake up, wake up, Kathy. There's stuff happening in this day. And I want you to be a part of it. But we start at home. We start in this plot of real estate. In this plot of prime. Prime land. Do you understand that in mankind. This is the prime real estate. If this real estate is not one. A spiritual decision to receive Jesus won't be made. This can stop. You know, we say nothing can stop God. This can. This can make a decision to quench the movement of spirit in our hearts. So here we are. Even I would say to you, if you go back and listen to the past two weeks where the ladies sat up here and shared their blowing open hearts and minds. Where they were coming out of the closet with insights they've been holding on to for a long time. Don't get familiar just because, well, this is just living faith. Well, you're here. There must be something being said here God wants you to hear. I would encourage you to go back... No condemnation if you don't, but I would encourage you to go back and listen. But listen now with this impetus that I am prophetic. Yeah. I am one who is called by God to prophesy truth into the earth with every action of my life, with every, you know, and we're going to have hiccups along the way, okay? No condemnation. Don't, don't lean in directions that discourage you. When discouragement comes or accusation from your own self about yourself comes, push it aside and say, no, I'm learning and growing in God. And God is able to cover me. God is able to cover my butt while I'm learning to walk in life. Even if I handle things wrongly when I'm dealing with other people in releasing my prophetic self, he can cover it. I've made some of the, honestly, some of the things I've done through the years of ministry... If I weren't shameless and free in God, I would be mortified of embarrassment because some of the things I've done crushed people. But I saw that when I got with God and said, show me, how, how could I even have thought that? And he told me pride or this or that. And they felt, they felt that coming out of you. And I said, you know, Lord, I'm sorry. I don't want to lose this relationship. He would turn it around to where one relationship that was really one of the worst things that I did, our relationship was retrieved, and I was able to repent to her to literally say, I am so sorry that you felt that from me. And I have to admit, I was thinking that way, but that was my pride. And God put that relationship back together in such a powerful way that we would then minister in song on the praise team and I would go to a certain place in a sentence and she'd pick it up at the middle of the sentence and we would get these prophetic songs. I didn't even understand what that was back then. I'm just like, well, you know, I I feel to sing this. I think to sing this. Sometimes you just gotta do what you feel or think. And then let God show you, what does that mean? How can I do it? Did I say the wrong thing? And again, I'm not saying spiritual thumb on spiritual pulse, but this aspect of prophesying, of speaking forth the will of God. We have got to debunk it. We have got to demystify it. We have got to bring it to a place where we realize it's quite normal and natural. And the voice of faith, the confession of faith is the prophetic language of God. Now, are there are those that stand in the office that are going to go further with that thing. Don't even think about that. Even if you think that you're that, but you're not sure. Don't worry about it. Take the first step. Let your thoughts begin to come into alignment with his thoughts. And your ways will start to come into alignment with his ways. Now, notice I didn't say your ways will come into the alignment of how church people say you should do it. And I'm not saying don't do it like leaders teach you in church, but you might come to a place where you have conversations with leaders that say, I don't see myself doing it just like that. Is it okay if I do it like this? You sit with me and I get a witness that you're saying, well, I'm not going to say it like you do, Kath, but I'll probably say, yeah, that makes sense to me. Why? Because you're a different personality. You're going to reach a totally different people group than me. It's time to be unafraid of how we've been built. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are literally the mouthpiece of God. And because we can be distracted and deceived, we can also be the mouthpiece of the enemy. Are you with me? Think about when, I can't even see the clock. Where am I at time-wise? Say again. So think about when you take the word of God and the word of God is in your mouth, in your mind, in your mouth, on your hands, how you touch things. Think about we are literally anointed in those moments by the one whose name is above every single other name. There is no name. There is no authority above him. God said, all authority belongs to Jesus. Jesus said, you're my brethren. You're my peeps. We're one. You with me? So we start speaking the name above every name, his words, his intentions, And the authority and power that's above every other power. Because when God said, let there be light. The word himself, but in a different form, was released out of God. To come into the material world. And now exists on the planet that we populate. And he fills us with his spirit. So that the same power... That was released out of God. To bring things right. The same power. That raised him up. From the dead. The very same spirit. There's just one Holy Spirit. That did everything at creation. Was a part of the Godhead. Prior to creation and saw everything that would unfold. And was a part of making the plan. That would retrieve everything that would go awry. Before any of it even happened. You will not figure that out in your brain. But he says, I'll give you the faith to trust that. So now here we stand in the 21st century with many things going on on this planet, even just this year, that we have the answers to. We have the answers to them. We have things, we ha- you have, if you've just been coming to sow, if you just got born again, beginning of 2020, started coming to sow, you got enough word in you to make some masterful changes in this realm. By the power of trust. Okay, I want to read. I may go over a couple of minutes and it'll be okay. Hebrews Um, This is so powerful. Hebrews 4, familiar, familiar passage. Hebrews 4, and I'm going to read 12 to verse 16. For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy, like a two-mouthed sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our hearts. There is not one person who can hide their thoughts from God, for nothing that we do remains a secret, and nothing created is concealed, but everything is exposed and defenseless before His eyes to whom we must render account. Now, that sounds creepy and like, oh my gosh, He's going to beat me over the head. That's not what is intended there at all. It's saying that you don't have to be afraid, He already knows everything, it's open to Him. And if we say, things are creepy, God, you're giving account right there. Things are creepy, God. I need your help. Let's keep going. So then we must cling in faith to all we know to be true. For we have a magnificent king priest, Jesus Christ, the son of God, who rose into the heavenly realm for us and now sympathizes with us in our frailty. He understands humanity for as a man... Our magnificent king priest was tempted in every way, just as we are, and conquered sin. Don't think of dirty deeds. Think of separation. Any dirty deed we do, it's because we separate, even if only in our thinking, from God. So he conquered separation. When we realize, oh, wow, I'm not thinking like you, God. <laughs> My thoughts are separate from you. He conquered that. He says, oh, I know exactly what to do here, Kathy. Kathy. Just acknowledge that you've separated. He, he didn't separate from you. Are you with me, guys? Because he's the one who holds on to us. Even when we don't hold on to him, he never lets go. He said, I'll never leave you and never forsake you. Forsake means he'll never not be what you need him to be. So in that moment where you feel like, oh my gosh, blew it. What is he going to do? He's going to be what you need there. Don't try to figure out what you need. Go to him. Verse 16 says, so now we come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned to receive mercy kisses and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. I'm going to tell you what, if you think you're weak in prophecy and so forth, just lean into God. He's going to show you what to do with your language. He's going to show you what to do with your life. He's going to show you what to do with the creepy stuff in your life that doesn't match up to his word. He's going to, speak to you and tell you that that stuff I can actually use as a testimony. If you will trust me, I'll get right in there with you and I will empower you to not feel depressed, oppressed, run down, ineffective, ineffectual. He says, I'll come and I'll stand with you right there to where you will actually exude peace and comfort and joy. You will exude worship and praise. You will literally lift my name up and declare it over the situation to the fact where nothing has any recourse against the force that flows from you you see it's time for us in the body of christ to realize that the force and power of this word is what raised jesus from the dead before he ever died you see jesus believed god he never stepped out of the love of god and he never stepped out of faith So basically God raised him before he even died because Jesus was trusting just like Abraham did. Abraham was like, before he went on the mountain, the boy and I will return. We'll be back. And he had already literally in his mind made the decision. If God has to resurrect him, he will, because he's told me that's the son of promise. What has God told you? You may have thought it was just a little thing you dreamed up because you have some Bible in you. No, God's probably said some things in you that are so huge that they will change the nations if you will ponder with him and realize that his intention was that you be prophetic in your nature, right to the very core, that you would play keys. I mean, sometimes Alex, like, and, and the other musicians do it. They don't even open their mouth. They're like talking talking, talking, talking. See, God uses every action when you're moving in faith. When you're saying, you know what, God, I feel like, I mean, I sometimes think I'm so weird. I am. I'm so weird. And I'm like, God, why do I think like this? Why do I have these ponderings and look at these pictures? Now, 30 years down the road, I'm saying, oh my gosh, this is what you were building. You were building me to basically explode and act like a lunatic in front of people to tell them, You're more powerful than you can begin to believe. And yeah, you might walk through some pride while you're finding it out. So what? I've done it. Sometimes still get in it. And then he'll say like, "Mm, take a deep breath, precious. (laughs) But seriously, but that doesn't mean think small of myself. Do you realize that with your faith, this room could be full on Wednesday nights to where we need bigger. What does, and I'm not making it about coming to church. But who is your people group that when you speak to them, they'll rise up out of small thinking about themselves and realize that they're built to think bigger, to think broader, to think expansive. We've, we've actually had disdain for humanity, our own humanity. That's so sick, guys. God chose to take up residence in human flesh. And he said, then when powerful things transpire, I will get the glory because humanity alone could never do it. I'm going to end with this. Um, And I know I'm over and I apologize to anybody that would have a problem with it. Um, One Easter um, we were having worship. I was sitting right about where Maddie's at and um, worship got really beautiful. And this was, decades ago and um, I'm sitting there and I begin to sense that Jesus is near me in the in front of me wasn't like open-eyed vision like he was there and I mean like I can see you but I'm inside having this encounter and I was very aware he was right there and I I in my heart said to God what's he doing and so I noticed my eyes and my understanding inside began to see Jesus worshiping He was worshiping God. And at one point, he literally was, you know how we do, just like gone. And then he got on his face. And when he got on his face, my heart says like to him, Jesus, what are you doing? We're here to worship and thank you. Deep inside me, I could feel him say, I could never have done it for you without him and I was like Easter Sunday and Jesus the savior of the world is worshiping his father and his God (sighs) what power do you think was taking place in this house that day what power happens when you all allow yourselves to believe When I release myself, something very supernatural happens. Even if like that song, when I don't see it, you're still working. When I don't feel it, you're still working. Because this word from the moment God said, let there be light, has never for not even one split second stopped working to bring about his intention and his love and his goodness for mankind. He's at work right now. He's at work inside you right now. He's talking not just to your heart. He's adjusting your soul and your thinking and your mindset. He's opening the eyes of your understanding to believe that you must stop thinking small of yourself. Father, we honor you tonight. We purpose, Father God, to not think small of your creation any longer. We resist all forms of false humility that have come into the body of Christ. And in Jesus' name we say we won't, we won't succumb to them anymore, Father God. We choose to trust that you have done astounding things in the creation of this material world. And then you gave us the privilege To oversee it, to cover it, to protect it, to nurture it, and to cause it to increase. And so now we purpose to subdue crazy thinking in ourselves that reduces the work of our hands to just getting by till we can go to heaven. We purpose, Father God, to allow the heavenly realm to manifest with every breath we take, with every word we speak, And in everything that we touch. And I thank you Holy Spirit. That you and you alone are going to teach us. And train us and guide us. I pray Father that you will help every man and woman here tonight. Not to go away and feel any forms of condemnation. I thank you that you came in love tonight Father God. You came in love to bring the purpose for each of our existence to light. And so we release ourselves to you in Jesus name. Amen.